Oh fuck him. Yeah, we're not but we're not starting that. We're not starting the real conversation yet, right? Why not? Welcome to Creative Ops. A podcast for creative people. Hey everybody, Christopher Talon here. Welcome back to another episode of Creative Ops, a podcast for creative people. I am a creative person. I'm a writer and a musician. You can see more about the book that I wrote in the show notes. And speaking of music, today I'm really excited to highlight Trophy Husbands, a band that is me from Creative Ops and Kirk Ross from our brother podcast, A Talk in the Attic. He's been on this show a couple times, I've been on that show a couple times, and every now and then we get together and make music under the name Trophy Husbands. We've got one music video for a song called Our Wives Got Paid, and this is an evolution both I think in music and if you go over to the YouTube page and watch the music video, uh, an evolution in the music video um, making ability, I don't know what else to say about it. Uh, It's a really fun song, Kirk uh, came up with it when he was painting his house pink, the song is called Pink, and... Uh, we're going to talk about our collaborative process, how we uh, work together, stuff like that. But uh, before I do that, why don't we listen to the song? The song is called Pink. Kirk, uh, again, came up with most of the song. Uh, I really just added guitars and then helped out with the music video a little bit. So here's the song and then we'll talk about it. Here's Pink by Trophy Husbands. You better wear a pink blouse And your chest hair better be out Come inside my pink home And slip into this pink robe Skip the slippers, they might stand warm You recognize this yellow door We thought it would say hello more Like a portal to a kid's car You got diabetes. My neighbor's house is light blue. Business plan I'm thinking through. House gender reveal parties for you. Used to look like Taco Bell with tan and tea for a shell. No today, most of starters, no sales. But now it looks like Key West. Probably a sauce fest. The gay sense of color is the best. We're here, we're queer, deal with it. So swing on through my pink house and don't forget your yeah well thanks for having me uh come be a part of it well I'll um, be a part of it you're like the you know you're 50 percent of the contribution well i don't know about that i well i think i i think in the video con- so why don't, why don't you introduce what we're talking about first and we dive into it okay so in the the month off that i took from podcasting which i thought would be like maybe two weeks turned out to be like five <laughs> you and I made a music video, but you sent me the song and you were like, hey, man, can you maybe put some guitar on this? So I sent you a couple of tracks. Um, like I sent you like, here, here's how I think it might go if using this. But here's all the tracks. And you kind of were like, all right, let me play with it. And then you had a fully put together song and you just kind of decorated it with my guitar. I, that, I mean, that's fair. That's fair to say. But I mean, that, that guitar part really turns in kind of into like um, just sounding like a more 
authentic, you know, real song, to be honest, you know, like that. Yeah. Guitar is just as most anybody that's ever kind of messed around on GarageBand or any of those. It's like guitar is the most difficult instrument to replicate with a keyboard, frankly. Yeah, to like synthesize. In my opinion, yeah, it sounds Even, really. It sounds fake. You know, you can do like big strums, like you know, like one of those. But like if you're trying to string it together with any sort of that kind of noodly loose guitar feel that makes guitar so cool, um, yeah. you just can't replicate it. So without the guitar, it just kind of sounds like an electronic song or something. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> the the background of the story, basically, I was painting my house pink, and that gets kind of monotonous. And so during that time, I kept thinking of like lyrics. So by the end of painting, I basically had in my head, I hadn't written it down, but I had like five or six or seven verses all about my pink house. Okay, and so it was just going to be a poem, like poetry type situation. And then I kind of started to like think of it as a hip hop song, and then I kind of started thinking of it as more like a new age kind of like new wave. I don't know, MGMT kind of vibe. So I just sat down and basically sang the song without any any sort of musical backing at all, other than a, kind of a metronome. Yeah. And then I, at first it was kind of like just low, like little dicky style. And I'm like, I'm going to just fucking let, let belt this out, you know? <laughs> and so I did that. Then I added a bunch of reverb on it. And then what I did is I went to the color spectrum. People, Some of you folks have probably heard about synesthesia. And that's a super rare condition where... But it was scientifically backed where certain people, one of one of whom of note would be Lord, the famous uh, musician out of New Zealand or Australia or whatever. Um, she, she's synesthetic, which means she can see the color of notes. So when she hears sounds like it, like it, like her whole, it, it, it creates an image in her. I, I don't even know if it's, she's really seeing it with her eyes, but like that can, that is like how her brain is being stimulated into the, the at the end of the day the the letter the note a is what tends to correspond to pink which i think is funny because i always like the a chord because it's neutral and mm. then when i think about pink people don't think of it this way but pink is actually quite neutral um it goes with a lot of different things yeah. and so so i then i wrote the whole song in key of, of a and then i did some auto tuning in some parts of it to make basically everything was rooted back to a and so I, I don't know. I, I just thought like it would be cool if a synesthetic person happened to hear this, and they hopefully they would see pink. You know, that was kind of the, the ah, thought. Very esoteric kind of nonsense. We never got into that when uh, we were talking about like the song or the making of the video. Yeah, we kind of had. I had to put on an execution hat, you know. So like at that point, it was all about like getting you here, which you're always you're always game to do that. I'm usually the one that's flaky on that, but. <laughs> you know, getting you here when you're a father and it's a weekend and all that. And like, I had to go get a bunch of outfits for us, you know, with the intention of taking them back, which most of which I just kept. And then your stuff is still hanging in the closet. I have a couple more days before I can take that. Got to take that back. Yeah. Hey, dude, I'm, I'm wearing the shoes right now. Still, by the way, not a single shot of our feet, the entire show, the entire video. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even think about it. I'm like, we should have at least got some toe tapping or something to get credit for the for the thought that went into it. <laughs> yeah, or we could have done like the walking in step where we keep crossing legs over each other. Now I'm having good ideas. We have shoes. <laughs> we have matching shoes. <laughs> we had no. Bell. I mean, I I kind of I, understand. I I just gotta say that one line from the Taco Bell uh portion messed me up so bad that looking back at the video, I feel like we have kind of like a Penn and Teller vibe in that video. Yeah, you're not saying much. But the only reason was because the one line where you're like, here, now you say this line. I'm like, I can't say that. Now I can say it. No tenemos tostada, no sale. I can say it fine now. That's right. No. 
yeah i mean yeah that, that was super fun but I, I i it's a shortcoming of my own I, it could be considered maybe just the byproduct of a strength of mine which is like execution but i also understand that when i'm in execution mode i don't necessarily foster a very open creative environment i kind of have to like you know put it get it something done no 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 no. because shooting i i understand that that's like you don't have time to sit and go like well how should this look how should this look because you're like okay well we have like eight other shots to do in the next hour yeah exactly we did the whole thing in like four hours too which yeah. is pretty good well probably like three because we we, we consider kinda, we had wardrobe changes venue changes we we did a little how do you do and hung around and talked a little bit about the concepts before we actually like got to it yeah but even then, we kind of found our way. Like the first couple scenes, you can't really see it in the video. It's mainly just me, I guess. But but the first couple scenes, we didn't really have like how we were going to play it so much. But we kind of organically did that. And that's yeah. why when I said you're a fifty percent contributor, Chris, yeah, I don't think you know. Obviously, I was a little bit more involved with like the creation of the song. But your guitar pulled it together, and then honestly, from a video perspective, without you, the whole thing's just not the same. So <laughs> like you a hundred, you like more than make up for your limited contribution on the music side for the video because like you're just a funny guy you're yeah. funny and the shit you did is funny and like people think we're funny together and everyone thinks you look like brett gelman i have i got probably seven texts from people like <laughs> how'd you get brett gelman to be to sign onto this one you know i don't even know is it gelman or gelman i don't even know what, how to pronounce it but i don't i don't know how know, to i've been saying is. gelman but i don't know um funny thing is i was I, at it, a, it, it, it could be either I was, I was at a a don't tell comedy show and i was um taking tickets at the door well you know taking tickets marking people off on the ipad and i kept looking over at these two comedians because they were looking at me and talking to each other and i'm like are these guys talking about me and then later mike was like oh those guys over there were talking about you and i was like oh what were they saying he was like they kept saying that you looked like adam sandler but i walked up to him I'm like have you guys seen uh the other guys they're like yeah my her name is christina and then they're both were just like oh my god <laughs> I know it probably looks like, I know up here it probably looks like I'm super hairy, but smooth as a baby or something like that. He, he makes some allusion to the fact that he's completely hairless below the collar. Yeah. <laughs> I wear it all up here. Yeah. Arnie Palmy alert. Arnie Palmies. <laughs> it's fucking great. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it was a really fun experience and the response was pretty good on it. You know, I mean, I don't think anyone's going to. I'm aware of my limitations as a singer, but the way we kind of styled it and stuff, it kind of worked. You know, it was fun. It got the point across. Yeah, no, your voice plus uh, your voice plus whatever you did to it and the music, it all flowed together really good. Like none of it sounds out of place. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it was fun, dude. We, it was fun. We it, made, it makes me just want to do more of that kind of stuff. You know, I think there's. Well, it helps too. I'm when... just so. Uh, that's like my yeah. fourth appearance on your show, and my other three appearances combined have as many views as that one does. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's more that's not so much because you're not interesting as much as it is that uh short videos do better. And I think the the YouTube video is only a couple minutes long, like two minutes on the dot. Yeah. Well, so, and Pink Pink might be as far as like live action goes. I still think Nunzio is one of the best <laughs> episodes you've done uh on YouTube. Um but as far as live action goes, that might be like your best directorial work. Uh, just because like from shot to shot, it's very, very, very good. Like it's a noticeable step up from trope or from not from trophy husbands, but from um from our wives got paid even. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I, it's funny because I, I watched our wives got paid, you know, after we did this. Just because I'm yeah. like, I should watch that for comparison's sake. 
and obviously that one was in the middle of winter and we're in a dark attic so like you know we were just like bumming around i don't think i had showered in four days when we shot that probably um <laughs> you know so like yeah it's definitely a step up but that well you know part of, uh, part of that was a choice too because that kind of should have looked kind of half fast because we're just like kind of the point of the songs that were like lazy trophy husband so we're breaking that glass ceiling because our wives got paid so i hope that tonight we're gonna get laid yeah if it's super well produced then well we're not really we didn't do our hype. we didn't do our chores but we made a music video oh that's great honey yeah cool yeah i mean you're gonna do the laundry or yeah <laughs> i need my space my creative space but yeah dude it, it, that was super fun so people go check it out and you know take it for what it is it's two guys that just made something spontaneously you know i, I think the spontaneity of all this stuff is what makes it fun for me I, but you know what I'm finding though is these longer term projects that just require so much more intense focus. I still love that, but nothing to me can beat the spontaneity element of Pink, where I'm. You know, I had been thinking about that for a long time, but when it was when the rubber hit the road, I probably made the song in two hours, three hours, and then I gave it to Chris, and he's one of the few people I can deal with. Maybe the only guy that I can really deal with where I give him zero time. Um and he's game to help you know even though he's got a lot of other shit going on you know or maybe specifically because he's trying to avoid writing that second novel i don't know what it is yeah. but um whatever it is it's a good outcome for a talk in the attic and we i certainly appreciate it i know the fans do so i want to ask you one more question about pink mm -hmm. did you have specific influences like a sound you were trying to capture outside of like you know the note obviously were you kind of like motive were you listening to some pet shop boys and you were like you know what I kind of like that's kind of I was going for like kind of a mix between like talking heads, you know what I mean, pet shop boys, and then like but also with like a rockabilly vibe. I don't yeah. know if it even comes. I don't know if it comes across that way. Uh, I think with your guitar, you helped it become more of a a rockabilly vibe, which is what I was looking for. Because vocally, I think that's where it kind of fits in. You yeah. know, like that heavy reverb. It sounds like you're shouting from kind of far away into one of those big silver mics. You know that we all have seen. <laughs> yeah. You know, and like that's kind of the vibe I was going for. Did did that translate? Yeah, yeah, I didn't really put it together until you said it, but as soon as you did, I was like, "Oh yeah," because the way that you uh, that you put the effect on the the guitar, like you said, kind of yeah, gave it like, like heavy, a, a little distortion, kind of gave it a little more of a twang at the yeah. same time. Yeah, yeah, I think like I don't know like how this really translates to the real world pedals and effects or amps and things like that, but essentially, I think it's like a spring function. So it's like there's a spring somehow in there, and it kind of just makes the sound kind of like like ring, linger kind of like resonate longer and that's huh. what to me gives it kind of that more like lucy you know what i mean as opposed to like steady because you played that song very very clean on a guitar which is beautiful when you do it that way then i can do what i want with it you know yeah. but like it kind of sounds like you're kind of playing loose and noodly and you really it sounds like you're like on acid when you're playing it but actually it's a really clean recording That was kind of the vibe that I was going for. So yeah, and I was I was glad to see you put that thing to use because I've had that little riff. Like I said, I came up with that riff several years ago, and every now and then I'll just play it. But like I never 
make a real song to it. I'm just kind of. Yeah, it's a good little transition. Yeah, it's a good little transition. I mean, to me, Chris, listening to your show, I I, I think if you're happy with how it is, then you should keep rolling with it. It's your vision, you know. But if you are kind of thinking of, okay, if people are mentioning the musical breaks, you could just do really short little riffs like that to do transitions. Yeah. You know, like literally a two second. And then you're just next. I get it too, because when I first started really putting music in, I think I was letting some songs roll for like 20, 30 seconds in between things. And people are getting sick of that shit when they got to like fast forward through it. So now I try to make it more like five, maybe 10 seconds, depending on the song. If it's a song that like fully concludes very quickly, then I'll let it roll a little bit. But if it just repeats, then I'll be like fade in on the thing and fade out on that yeah yeah no i know it's fun like learning it's fun figuring out like the how to ramp them up to make it sound the right and stuff like i'm constantly kind of adapt and working on that to see and then it's basically trial and error yeah you know and i, I definitely watch I, we watch a lot of tv like when it's after we've done working we that's kind of what we're, we do if we're not outside america um, yeah no but i mean yeah that's kind of how it might appear but man i watch that shit so technically and like yeah, yeah, every yeah. time when i like sometimes the storyline becomes moot to me because i'm just more like interested in the sound design and okay how are they timing that with the transition what are they really doing for transitions yeah. because uh, so, you know a lot of the best shows out there are not doing anything special that i can't do in my computer you know yeah. like some of them are some of them are using crazy sound design and shit that i can't do but most of the best ones out there have an authenticity to them and it's just like the way they time it and it, all that if it's done right it's a symphony and that's what and, i like watching tv for honestly and there's a name for it that i can't remember i had just heard simon Pegg talking about it where yeah. when you use like the natural soundscape of what's happening in the movie as like a musical type of cue that there's a name yeah. for that and i can't remember what it is but edgar um is it edgar Wright? edgar winter Ed, no, no, Edgar Winters, the guitar player. <laughs> yeah. Edgar Wright, I think, is the guy's name who um, directed Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz. And okay, yeah, yeah, Edgar Wright. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. And he is amazing at that, where, you know, he'll use a clock toll or a, a work whistle or something like that to kind of like signify some hmm, dramatic moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like that. I don't know what that's called, but I'm going to research that. But yeah, I, I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, like uh, something that can organically fit in, like realistically in a story about a, a murder mystery, there's not really like loud music playing <laughs> when people are walking around. Yeah. You know, so anytime you can add that sort of uh, sonic intrigue, but do it in a way that's naturally fitting into the story, to me, yeah. is just going to make for a more authentic outcome. It's like, so if you have like this really like dramatic standoff and there's nothing happening in the background except there's like a, a grandfather clock ticking and every time it ticks like somebody's eyes shift and it cuts to somebody else's eyes shifting in time with the ticking stuff yes. like that that's cool yeah yeah it's, it becomes meter just like music yeah and then yeah. then like the timing of the transitions is huge but i but i think the best way when, when there is a dramatic standoff happening i really like to have like a mariachi band kind of playing in the distance you know not as a soundtrack, I know, but they're just because they're probably in Mexico when that's yeah. Santa's happening. Just, but, yeah. Like that's not ironic, but yeah, <laughs> when you have something that's happening and then you allude to <laughs> <laughs> just a comical illusion, I guess. Yeah, comical illusion, not yeah. illusion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, we got to make more music. So I think, and the next one, we should probably do it in a little more collaborative fashion. You know, where we like com- coming up with the whole thing together. This one was just going to be kind of in a talking. Pink was going to be in a talking the attic thing, and then when it became a song, I'm like, okay, you know, I 
first off, it's in our contract with the label that <laughs> we're not to do solo projects musically. So, yeah, that's right. Yeah, unless it's unless it's for a client, but not to not to put out on our own. Yeah, or unless it's for the Manabu label on SoundCloud, which you know you don't, but you don't even know who that is. That isn't me. What are you talking about? Yeah, that's going to be a whole nother episode. I should uh, I should interview him. Manubu. Oh, Manabu. Manabu. He's very. Noitasha mashte. Nihongo ga wakarimasen. Ingo ga wakarimasen. All I can, all I know is Moshi Moshi. <laughs> moshi Moshi. <laughs> oh my God, dude! This guy I met at Electric Forest who who wore a Devo Energy Dome most of the weekend. You know, like the. <laughs> Which I saw the picture of that fuck. guy. Yeah, yeah. That guy, first off, he was just cool as hell. I love this guy. Like, I'm going to be a lifelong friend with him. He lives in Philly now, um, but he's traveled a lot. And he's one of the, you know, it's it's fun to meet people that have been to Japan and that kind of have like an ironic, you know, ob- observation sense of humor because the shit that he found funny about Japan is the exact same shit that I find funny about Japan, but on his face is not that funny. Yeah. You know, but like once you're there and experience it, it's just like he had a story about going to a, uh, Major League Baseball game in Japan like in Osaka or something and had these little cute 15, 16 year old Japanese girls t- they're t- tiny people anyway and these are also you know <laughs> young girls and they work for the stadium and they have giant kegs of like a big wooden barrel of beer on their backs like probably 50, 60 pounds of beer when it's fully loaded and they just like walk around the stadium and have a little tap and they fill up your drink and they're like, they smile the whole time. And they refuse to take tips and they have a video of her doing this and they're trying to tip her and like, they're tipping her from all these different angles. Like there's 10 people trying to give her money and she's like, no, 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 no. And that's just, you know, it, it's kind of funny to, to people that maybe don't haven't been there and experienced it, but like, that's just so fucking Japanese, yeah. you know, like this girl well, is so happy to be the doing thing. the shittiest like, they, job. They possible. don't tip over there, right? No, it's like, I've got, I've been chased down the street multiple times and returned a tip. Even though I knew that might happen, I like tried to sneak it behind and try to get the fuck out of there, you know, because these people give you amazing service and it's 10 bucks or whatever, you know, like you deserve that. But that's just far out. Like they're not, they don't have a business relationship with the customer. Yeah. You know, the customer is in a business relationship with the restaurant owner. And why would it really, that's how it should be. Like, and why would we be, why would they, why would the restaurant owner be offloading their wages onto fucking their customers who are already yeah. paying too much to eat there anyway? It's like, yeah. you know. They get free um, healthcare and they have the best preventative medicine in the world, which also probably yeah. helps too. People aren't like, well, you know, I got to worry about my thousands of dollars of uh, medical yeah. bills. Oh, dude. Yeah. I'm not even, yeah. I, I'm not trying to advocate <laughs> for not tipping <laughs> your waiters and waitresses. A hundred percent. I tip heavily, but like it would be a g- good situation where they're making 30 bucks an hour and that's enough to survive. Yeah. You know, and, and have a decent quality of life for how hard they're working. You know, that that's, but C- it's Casa still going to come back on us. Yeah, Casa I saw Bonita that. has no tipping policy now because everybody yeah. that works there gets paid thirty dollars an hour. Yeah, and they get probably healthcare and shit too. Yeah, you know, and thirty dollars an are... hour that 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 should be the standard if they can do it. Any, but well, no, that's not true. If they can do it, it's because <laughs> they have tons and tons and tons of money. Yeah, and a bunch of people want to go to a subpar Mexican restaurant just because they saw a cliff diving episode on South Park when they were ten. You know, <laughs> so like, you know, anyone can pay thirty bucks an hour provided you have a. a an animated vehicle on Comedy Central for 25 years. Yeah, at least yeah. 25. Is that how long it's been out? I feel like I, I don't know that to be a true stat, but I, I just remember like 1998 
97 would have been when I first was exposed to it. And I think that's I saw probably it right pretty away. close. Yeah. Cause I yeah. think it came out when we were like, well, I don't know. I was born in 83. I think it came out when I was like in middle school. So maybe same here. I was born in 84. And I, I can remember the, the people I was hanging out with at maybe the time. Like like mid nineties. Yeah. 96, 97 probably. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, dude, I mean, I forget how we got on that subject, but it's hard not to talk about South park when I'm getting ready to do, uh, you know, I'm getting ready to do a very, uh, very, I mean, it's an intense day is what I'm going to say. I, I have a ton, ton of water going here. I've drank three of these already. Um, and I'm a kind of a big guy. So this is like probably a 40 ounce mug. I was going to um, say that's, that's a putting those good old, uh, beer mugs to good use now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's my it's water steins. Huge. It's huge. Jessica hates it. Cause I'll, I'll bring this to bed. <laughs> and she'll be like, "Can I get some water?" And I'll hand it to her. And I, she has to like, ah, oh, like middle of the night, hold up like this a gigantic a like thing. pitcher of water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, oh, that was we were talking about Japan. So, so that was a really funny story. But he had another one. <laughs> I gotta, t- I gotta share the story just because it's so Ill- illustrative of the Japanese culture. So he was on like this informal tour with when he checked into a hotel in Tokyo or something, and like the the concierge was like. So does anybody have any questions about anything, you know? And and he just said, yes, I do have a question, like off the top of his head. Like he he wanted to ask her a question because nobody else was kind of thing. And he said, yeah, I was just wondering, like, why are there so many vending machines in, in Tokyo? Because there are vending machines everywhere, you know? Yeah. And no, they're not all filled with panties and stuff. There's like one of those in the entire, in the entire country. Um, <laughs> but like... They just, they have a lot of vending machines and they'll be like on the side of the highways and stuff, like little rest stops with just a bunch of vending machines. And, and she said, that is a good question. And she went away into her office for 45 minutes while they were doing like this mixer and getting checked in and stuff. Mm-hmm. And she came out after 45 minutes with a beautifully handwritten on, on like letterhead, why there are so many vending machines in Japan. And then she had numbered one through seven and, and like full sentences in English about why, including historical reasons. Uh, economic reasons, environmental reasons. Then the one at the bottom was like crossed off. So she wrote seven, but because she's Japanese, she didn't feel like that seventh one was really, didn't really make this, in, <laughs> didn't really have what it took to really make the final draft. So she crossed that out and you can still kind of read it. And he has a picture of it too. And it's just, it's just like so fucking Japanese. So I was just dying talking to this dude. So he has an energy dome and that energy dome is hundred percent going to come into play here in this episode that, that I'm writing today. So oh. I'll just leave it at that. Very intriguing. That's cool, man. That's a, you've 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 left people with just enough information that they're definitely going to want to check out your Electric Forest episode. Maybe uh, whenever it whenever it finally comes out. Having just gone to Electric Forest, you see a lot of these really f- popular electronic artists. That it's a bunch of sounds. It really it's like an engineering exercise. I'm not even I'm not taking anything away from them. People love it. You know, thirty thousand people are stacked up to see some of these folks. Yeah, and some people obviously do it better than others, like the people who perform at festivals. They're doing something artistic with it, yeah. We, we went to a show with this uh, this Canadian duo called Zed's Dead, and we kind of only were there because we were locked into the place because our, a lot of our friends that were with us like left their stuff on our blanket after String Cheese Incident, which is my kind of like jam band kind of, well, like, you know, LSD kind of crowd. Um, <laughs> and... And we just stayed there, but and it, String Cheese laughed, their fans laughed, and then suddenly Zed's Dead started setting up, and their fans came, and they were all still really nice, but on average, they're 25 years younger. And I told my, I kind of forced myself, like, I'm going to listen to this. I'm not going to have my preconceived notions. I already kind of know how I feel about it, but I'm going to turn that off and just go with it 
people are living it here. It's a community experience. I'm just going to sit here and enjoy this. And I got myself there. I actually got to the point where I was enjoying it, but dude, there were times where for 20 minutes, there wasn't a single ounce of melody. It was like <laughs> these just drum and bass, like staccato style. And like just the weirdest sounds you've ever heard, like fart noises and like, Oh, and like industrial <laughs> robotic transformer sounds. And like, it's, I got it's there. It's like a it kid that gets the sound machine and just one by one starts going through all the dude, sounds. It's, it's pretty much like that. Obviously it's on some sort of pattern, some sort of metric, but, or some sort of meter, but, it's not predictable. It's kind of ADD music. It's like, whoa, what was that sound? And then by the time you learn that, you're like, what the, you know, you hear something new that you hadn't heard before. So like, it was cool. Um, Electro meets there jazz. Are, there are, it, it was just kind of, it's like a robot sounds, you know? And like, I, I, I like to think like with all the talk about UFOs and aliens coming around, mm-hmm. I like to think that the aliens kind of like looked in on Electric Forest on that Zed's Dead set. And they're like, they're finally listening to what we like to listen to. You know, just like, it just sounds. It just doesn't sound like the traditional, like what I would consider a musical. Yeah. You know, if um, you were like a math genius, you'd probably be like shedding a tear, be like, "This is so beautiful." Yeah, ex- exactly. And I even like found value in it as well. And I, the most value I found in it was that the people around me were loving it. But like yeah. from an emotional connection point, I don't know how to feel when I'm listening to that music. Like the music mm-hmm. that I love moves me, and I, I don't have a choice but to feel the way that it makes me feel. Whereas yeah. I was watching this, and I'm thinking like do I need to murder someone right now? Is that what I'm supposed to do? Like, it's just like, it, it, cause it's kind of like angry, but like, I I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's like hard the to trigger explain. music that turns you into the to a robot, the, yeah. like Manchurian candidate. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Or like, I must kill the queen from that's Naked the Beyond, first you know, thing Reggie that Jackson. I thought of. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it was a fun experience. It was a super fun experience. You, yeah, you guys should go. And I'm telling you, like, I, I would do such heavy legwork with Rachel to get her to want to come because it's like, and not that she's close minded. She's a really open minded person, but like, it is a little bit intimidating. You know, we are going to be the older, some of the older people there, not the oldest, but we're in the older part of the crowd. But it's I feel just like a in really that special... setting, though, being one of the older people, people almost look at you like, ah, like the way, the way that like people Portlandia. should respect their elders. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, as long as you're not too old. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're like but we're even, like cool elders. If you at see gray haired people at a music festival, you're like, yeah, co- dude, coolest I, people I, there. I want to be that person when I'm that age, dude. Coolest people there. Exactly, yeah. exactly, dude. There was a guy that this old dude that looked like Jerry Garcia, and first off, Electric Forest has a lot of people just doing bits the whole time. Like they, you know, some of these people will never break the bit the entire fucking weekend. And one of the guys, at least for all of Saturday, and definitely for the entirety of the string cheese set, which was like five hours. Um, he looked like Jerry Garcia dressed in tie dye and shit. And he had a mop and this is like a dirty drought droughted fucking horse ranch that we're standing on dust and, and blankets and like people and shit laying everywhere and uh, dead grass. And this guy mopped the ground, the entire fucking set. Like going around people and like lifting up the corner of their mats and shit. It was fucking hilarious, dude. Like I, and I never even tried to go talk to him and like make a point to say like good bit because it's just like he's just keeping shit clean. The mop was just like completely black and had like shit stuck <laughs> in it. It was fucking hilarious. And I can't describe like how like seeing people just be creative and kind of like you know try something and be themselves and like get support on it. Even when people try and fail stuff, everyone's like, yeah, yeah, you know, it just yeah. it's really just special. And here we are making fun of your neighbor who was vacuuming his lawn the other day. Well, that's that just. <laughs> If it's he was odd. doing that at Electric Forest, people would have been like, that's hilarious. 
That, exactly. Dude, exactly. There's a time and a place for everything. And like six hours on a Saturday <laughs> when we're trying to shoot the world's greatest music video, it's not the time to be vacuuming your yard. Yeah. Like, what, you're, what are you going to pull all the dirt from the world up into that thing? And he, I, I still to the, to, well, to this day, it was not that long ago. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. But to this day, I insist that that guy was just doing that to like have some kind of artificial reason to watch us doing the music video. I mean, and I agree with that assessment. If you didn't know that this guy's kind of like a, got a peeping Tom tendency anyway, and he normally doesn't need any reason to stand in your window and look into your window, you know? So like maybe he's trying, trying to turn over a new leaf, you know, idle, yeah. idle tasks, Sisyphusian tasks. That'll just take as long as you need to, you know, but talk about a, if, if clandestine anonymity is kind of your forte as a peeping Tom, I can't think of a noisier way to like, <laughs> to, to make it look like you're doing something. You know, can't you be like paint? Have like a painting Don't on your and like a. <laughs> you're in your bed and like you're getting special. You're getting in the sexy time with a year old with the old lady and like, you hear the clo- You hear a vacuum start up in the closet, <laughs> and then a bunch of. Yeah, some cobwebs up here. Di- he's putting his dick in the vacuum. Is what I was trying to get to there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Chris. <laughs> and that's where we leave you. That mental image. <laughs> That's a great opening bit right there for like before you get into your theme song. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> well, that was fun. Thanks for the inspiration. Yeah, I was actually going to tell you about something. Don't don't uh make sure you edit this out. I'm assuming this is all going to be edited out at the end here. Um Yeah, most of it will be anyway. I'm just going to hit stop now. All right, everybody. That was Kirk Ross, other half of Trophy Husbands. Go watch the video right now. It's in the show notes. See you next time. Thank you. Mwah. When you come to my pink house, you better wear a pink blouse and your chest hair better be out. Come inside my pink home and slip into this pink robe. Skip the slippers. They might stay warm. You recognize this yellow door. We thought it would say hello more. Like a portal to a kid's car. You got diabetes. My neighbor's house is light blue. Business plan I'm thinking through. House gender reveal parties for you. Used to look like Taco Bell with tan and tea or Forrestal. No today, most of Stados, no sales. But now it looks like Key West. Probably a sauce fest. The gay sense of color is the best. We're here, we're queer, deal with So swing on through my pink house and don't forget your pink flowers. Your chest hair better peek out Nothing feels better than being on the ladder and stretching out, oh what a rush, rush. Nothing more baffling than climbing up the scaffolding and realizing that I'd forgot my brush. brush.